They're not pushing boundaries, very conservative, you know, sort of types. How the hell did they win the sperm race? Like, what? who are they competing against? They've Bradbury, have they Bradbury'd it? Is it just an accident? Did everyone turn left and the egg was on the right? This guy's just like, I just want a dark corner. I'm fucking going to my dark corner to be emo. Well, you're assuming that this is the strongest sperm is not... Is it just a lottery or is it strongest sperm? Well, it's, it's only one. It lets one in and that's it. So that you've got the fastest swimmer. Is it first there or is it... Because I, I, the video I've seen, so they eat each those, other. they're all just there, just eating on this thing. Yeah. One gets in. Yeah. Why don't the others just stream in after that? Like, does he get in? Does he close? Does the egg was like, no more. You will not pass. No. Hmm. It's good being out of Google range, isn't it? I like that you can just be here and fathom things, not actually get the right answer. It's good. It's my special place. You know, we've hopped on for things. 20 minutes. I think it's time to do this. Fuck. All right. Because we are not plugged in. We're unplugged. We have no electricity. We have no Google. We're coming to you live from Red Bluff, Western Australia. Episode number 11. One off the wood. How are you, Was? I'm, I'm very, very relaxed. We've got a balance between chill and uh, hyper-sensitive, ready-to-go-surfing in the next following days. I'm glad we've had a mellow day like today. We've taken an opportunity to record. This the first five days were pretty hectic Just, just wind up and tell yeah. us, like, like where actually oh, are yeah. we? I think we talked about this a bit, but this is it. This is the trip that's been planned for a while. Red Bluff in uh, Western Australia. So geographically, go to Carnarvon, and then it's about 150 k's north of Carnarvon. Uh, Which is 12 hours drive from Perth, total. Total 12 hours drive. It's up here, and this is as close to Indonesian tropical reef surfing as it gets. So you've got Red Bluff where we're staying, which is a much mellower camp, and Nalu, about 20 k's up the road. Uh, Which is, that that wave is not like anything else in Australia, is it? A proper left-hand coral reef break, warm water. Over... Kilometers, kilometers. My like first the top end. view of it, it's not what I expected. I was like, "Wow, this is what I, I've, I've not been to G Land or Cloud Break, but I imagine it's like that. Like that's not an Australian wave. Yeah, it's a bit different to what people think because you envisage a heavy wave and close to rocks or the shore, but there's a big lagoon out in front of it. So yeah, you it's like an outer reef sort of thing that runs a couple of kilometers down. Yeah, and where people come up here to camp. There's no electricity, but there is nice camping facilities. People fish. The fishing's pretty ridiculous. Red Bluff's pretty sick, and this place has the has like uh, cabins or humpies they call them, and luxuries they built. And it's basically two rooms sort of thing with a kitchen, place to sleep, bed. It just saves on camping. So the last couple of times I come up, we've got a humpy, and you set up like it's piercing rain this morning and windy as hell, and we're inside chilling nothing's wet apart from a few leaks in the roof and we are staying in the oldest humpy which is the only one that hasn't been done up it's an old stone stone walled shack with a tin roof concrete floor 
So you'd look at it and you think it's rough, but you look at our front door and you stare straight into the Red Bluff surf break and it, you just can watch it all day long. It's the ultimate poor chang. This is it. It's the, fucking ridiculous. The, 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 <laughs> toilet, the toilet poo of you. The ultimate ironic shit view post for your Instagram. You just, uh, yeah. Not, anyway, many, peop- not many people are posting poo with you stuff on Instagram, I don't not think. Enough, not enough. I think cool. hashtag poo with a view. We'll get that going because this is the greatest poo with a view I've ever witnessed. Ever witnessed. Absolutely. <laughs> just staring straight into thundering left-hand caverns of Red Bluff, Western <laughs> Australia. <laughs> it's fucking awesome that this place, without surfing, wouldn't exist. The same as Nalu. I mean, it was obviously a, a station, so the Quabba station at the bottom um, transitions into Nalu station, and these are just obviously um, got managers in there managing uh, managing the station. You come in, it's accommodation, but it's surfing that drives it during winter. And there's guys that move up from Marg's for winter, literally camp here a couple of months at a time to do it. And it's just, like, you can understand, because it just resets life. It definitely, it didn't take long to go from pretty, like, hectic work mode, uh, stressed out, to just full-blown relaxed mode. I think it took, it did, like, as soon as we hit the blowholes, I think we oh, were all like, yeah, <laughs> this is where we want to be, edge of the earth. I don't know, I, f- I found the first day... I was just like walking around looking for shit to do. It's like, right, I've got spare time. I need to be fixing something. I need to do a spreadsheet. Tidying something. Get me a fucking spreadsheet. The shit needs to be figured out. But it was, it's so good not having reception. We walked up, um, up the hill. So this is a, for those, those traveling folk that might come here. A couple of tips, maybe. For, oh, uh, yeah, give us, give us some tips. What to bring. Here's this cheeky tip that you probably don't want. But if you walk up the hill at Red Bluff and you get on top of the, on top of the um, hill that overlooks the break, you can get reception, which is yeah. There's to a cup. The there's a bar or two of 4G up there. Yeah, which Difficult. is a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard to know that it's there because I was I came here under the impression that <clears throat> no one could contact me and I couldn't contact anyone for a whole week. And then we walked up there and I was like, "Fuck!" I could technically come up here and contact the outside world, but yeah. It's a double-edged sword, that one. But anyway, I've been I've been um, doing a good job at avoiding it. It's one of those things you like. What were you saying the other day? It's like we need to get some information. I'll go and see the hill people. Yeah, it's the like I'm people. just just going to pop up to the <laughs> to speak to the. Uh, well, because I think like we're down here living in the 1800s, no electricity, or we do have a solar panel with a battery, so it's not bad. <laughs> but I'm just I'm going up to communicate with the hill people. To predict the future, which is basically what I'm doing. I'm going up there to get a surf updated surf forecast. It's like up on the hill is everything. There's goats. Yeah, there's fucking. We can predict the future from the top of the hill. We go up and speak to the goats who yeah. live up there, and they pass down the knowledge that yeah, it's going to be fucking pumping. <laughs> it's mental. The um, was it the Dutch that just first landed in Australia? I think it's 1600s, like 1616 or thereabouts. With the Dutch. Fucking came through, and from what I can tell, just rode off Australia Set everywhere. They rubbish, went. but it is. If you walk up this hill and walk inland for fifty k, it's just fucking salt lakes, no trees, no mountain ranges. It's rubbish. And they're like, right, this place is fucked. Let's go. Because they did the same thing in Tassie. They turned up to um, uh, Marion Bay down there. Really? Yeah. See that? Has- turned up in winter. Had a look around. And said, you know what? Fuck this joint. 
we're out, build a little monument and get moving. Wallabies and shit there. Like, there would have been Mate. way more food than here. There would have been kangaroos, but it's still... Oh, fuck, Tassie in winter, it's just a bit bit depressing for people, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't know what happened. Like, who am I to say what happened, but... They're just on a mission. Fucking no, not good enough. The Dutch... They were everywhere, weren't they? They were everywhere. What were they cruising for? Looking for... Well, who was it? What's people? It's the guy's name. In is it Abel Tasman? Abel Tasman. I don't know. Is he a Dutchie? I think so. I'm feeling like Dirk Hartog could be... Uh, the, the problem we've we got Dirk here in Red Buff is we've got no way of fact-checking anything, so... Which is the best way to have arguments. This is the old days at the pub. You're like, no, nah, I'm fucking right here. We've been going on for days about, I'm convinced that fire, fire requires fuel, oxygen, and heat to have fire. I'm convinced. These are the three elements. Without heat, you can't have can't fire. G- you can have- we can't go down this road again. Because when we don't have Google to fact check, the argument never ends. So this argument, which is boring, by the way... <laughs> Just tell me, do you agree with me or not? I don't know. I think fire potentially, heat could be potentially a product <laughs> like of fire. <laughs> and um, But was is saying heat is required to get fire. And he's got some good arguments and he's got some parts of his arguments that got massive holes in them. And all I was doing is pointing out the holes in the argument. But it went on and on and on. Moo, our tr- third travel partner who's out fishing at the moment, has basically said, you guys need to shut the fuck up about this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Was you're bringing it up again? Yeah, but we'll Google I, it on I the way home. We can Google it on the way home. So but does it fire need heat, or is heat just a product of fire? Well, if you put, I'm just going to say this one thing. No, no, no. I just want to summarise. It was a rhetorical right. question to be answered by Google later on because we've fucking been through it, <laughs> haven't we? That's haven't fine. We? On record, you disagree with me. But the point being that if we get into a disagreement. It's whoever can argue for the longest that wins. Yeah, <laughs> which sucks. That, and that's what it was like twenty years ago. <laughs> All right, fuck it. You, you, the Earth's flat. I give up. We you're had that. We've already had that, that argument. Motivated. It's the, it's the squeaky wheel, isn't it? The the fucking squeakiest wheel gets the most grease. The minorities are getting their say because it's like, all right, fuck it. Who? What's going to shut these guys up? Just you, give them what they want. Give them the win. We've got a mutual friend by the name of Dan. Yeah. And back in the day. Would, you, you just couldn't win an argument with Dan and it wouldn't matter because he's relentless because you can't argue with an idiot yes <laughs> that's yeah. what I feel like is happening here at Red Bluff we're and how idiots. are you going to feel when you're we're all wrong. idiots we're all idiots but it does make you if you're proven right I'm, that's fine but it's I'm fun. just all I'm saying is a lot of your arguments were very shallow like as soon I'm as I prodded and poked at I don't them, know how to explain it to you how to convince you but you will be but apparently you'll believe the your internet search engine uh yes let's move on from the shit let's move on <laughs> okay. um so we've got a special I, guest oh hang on wait can we can you just tell us what porch hang is oh yeah porch because we're going to refer to porch hang a bit i'd say so tell us what porch hang so is. porch hang and where it originated we referred to porch hang uh the porch hang is what i've been frothing on for a long time and uh the porch hang basically originated from indonesia south sumatra i think we were in um, no, was it South Sumatra, Krui area? Yeah, that's the place. And we, the Indonesians have nailed porch hang. So the art of hanging out on your own porch. And it basically says that I've got all my work done for today. I've got all my chores and my biscuits. I just sit on the porch and watch the world go by on the road. So that's how they perfected it. And that is exactly what we want to do. Because without all the rest of the noise in our life, 
where you're feeling a bit, I've got some downtime, I should be scrolling social media, I should be talking to someone, I should be fixing something, doing chores and whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all about the poor chain because there's nothing else you can do. If you're surfed, fed, you're resting, you're chilling. So Red Bluff is the ultimate poor chain. And Moo, our traveling compartner. Compartner? Compartner. Compartner. Yeah, he's our compartner now. Yeah, uh, Moo didn't know what I was talking about. He just thought poor Chang was poor Chang, as in like... Like an Indonesian word for something that he yeah. didn't understand. Poor Chang. Poor Chang, poor Chang. And he did, had no idea what we were talking about like until more, he got here and it, the penny dropped. But more port. specifically, that, that trip that we did to Sumatra, we saw everyone poor Changing, all the locals. So we, we had our own porch that could watch the surf and we just had a big bag of unshelled peanuts few bintangs, a couple of uh, clove cigarettes, and we would just porch hang for hours porch and hang. hours. Porch hang. It's like, what are we going to do tonight? Like, well, probably porch hang. <laughs> and so we've replicated the porch hang. Oh. This is... We'll put a photo of, up of our porch. It's the best porch I've ever been on. One of the best porch hang places in the world. Globally, if you can show me... Because we're up on a hill, the Stony Shack, so we can see the surf break from my bed straight out the door. But also, we've got a little view over the entire campground here. So we can kind of monitor who's going surfing. You see the people walk past, like, oh, camp up the hill are going surfing. They're on. Yeah, one, two, three, couple coming out. All right, we're on here. We'll probably go. We can watch the fishing spot. Is yeah, also right see who's pulling. We saw a guy the other night just pop down there and pull two squid out quickly. Um, right. We haven't been able to replicate that. If he pulls a third, we're down there. Yeah, if, if he gets one more or squid, we've got to go down there. <laughs> I'll put this beer down and I'll go down and join him. But it's true, we were higher than everyone else, so we are looking down on the rest of the camp. But it, Not yeah. from a morality perspective. And we can like watch the wave all day long. I don't know if Moo gets as much enjoyment out of sitting here for hours and hours watching this wave. <laughs> as he, He's a non-surfer, he's here he's, to fish. He's a fisherman. He's a good character, Moo. If, he, tur- if he turns back up, we'll ask him. He's been um, he's been a very good third wheel for this. The best. The best third wheel. So Moo's cooked up, spent the weekend before cooking up our meals for us, which is a genius plan for the campers out there. If you're coming here, there's obviously no power, so you either bring a generator, which is allowed, or a solar panel, charge a battery, plug a fridge in. But Moo cooked up frozen meals. We've had chilli, Anzac stew. Um, what else do we have? Oh, curry. All sorts of good stuff. Red lamb steaks. Oh, fucking The first night, steaks. he whipped out this pre-cooked chilli that he'd cooked and frozen. Chucked some big sweet potatoes in the... Because um, we've got a, a um, wood fire out... On the porch. Outside, on the porch. So get the... Got the, um, got the fire down to some nice... What do you call them? Embers? Coals. Coals. Got coals. the hot coals. Put, you... put the potatoes in there. So we had these real soft sweet potatoes with, uh, with moose chilli poured all through it. A bit of... Bit of Butter. cheese on top. Oh my mate, mate, so good. We've dominated, and it makes it so much easier because the first you can do a week trip here and get one swell in the middle of it, but we've actually lucked into it. There was swell the day we arrived and good winds. So the first five days we've just been surfing flat out. I'm I'm cooked. I'm surfed out, and then my shoulders are absolutely <laughs> ruined. Fucked. I was fucked yesterday morning after that surf. I couldn't. I couldn't lift my arms to, like, get the coffee into my mouth. I was just so well, Because, yes, the day, the day before yesterday was quite large. Was, had a good crack. I paddled out for a session and just dodged a heap of waves. But it, we knew that yesterday morning was our time because it was a bit smaller. 
and the wind was going to come. So we didn't have a coffee. We didn't have breakfast. We jumped straight in the water, surfed two hours, and then both were just spasticated. Absolutely. Is that a word that you're allowed to use? I don't think you're allowed to use spastic, but it makes sense. It's like yeah. calling things gay it's like your body days. was not working quite yeah. right. Spasticated. <laughs> Spastic? It's an adjective that people understand. I don't think you're allowed to use it anymore. I've retracted. Okay. Um, we were very tired, and our bodies were not responding as they should. <laughs> working in a colloquial fashion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it, you're right, it has, it's been, the surf's been good since we arrived. Today's the first day where it's, it's been raining and the wind's been on shore, so we've just been staying out of the rain. Um, but, you know, what episode did we have um, Fire to Fork on? What's, what, what's our man's name? Episode 6. Big Harry Fisher. Harry Fisher from Fire to Fork came on and he runs the Fire to Fork Instagram and YouTube channel, which is Cooking on, cooking on Flames. And that's what we've been doing. And we're starting to think that we may be the next Fire to Fork so we're going to start our own Instagram. I want to, yeah, we're definitely starting our own Instagram called Fire to Fuck You. Fire to Fuck You, Harry, because um, we're going to steal your job. Um, Moo, Moo's the specialist on the fire. Yeah, tell us about Moo's damper. Like, he, oh my god! All right, so here's your recipe, Fire to Fire to Fuck You fans, is um, the little bit of damper with a beer, obviously instead of water. So it's just self-raising flour, a little bit of beer. What else do you put in it? I don't, butter. Oh, it was cooked Just, in butter. Yeah, butter. So in a little camp oven, like um, cast iron cooking on the fire, as you all probably know, is the go. So cast iron, little oh, three-quart Everyone will know that. I don't think everyone what? knows that. What's that? You're just saying that everyone will know that. Cast iron pots on the fire. Yeah. That's the way you cook. The That's the tip. Absolutely. The um, camp oven. Harry actually lent us one of the camp ovens he was talking about in... Um, in the episode that he came on about these Chinese camp ovens that are real shit. So it's an ukebara. It's a kookaburra without the K on the front. The ukebara. And I'm a big fan of the ukebara pot. You know, for the people out there that just want their their uh, cook pot to do the job, I recommend the ukebara. The lid doesn't seal fully, but it gets hot and the food cooks. So that's a win, I reckon. Absolutely. Absolutely But speaking win. of Harry... And fight a fork. I do have a bone to pick with him, and not just him. Tell us about the coffee situation, Andy. So I said to the boys, look, because I flew over from Melbourne, so I couldn't really help out with a lot of gear. But I said, I'll take care of coffee. I'll get the beans. I've got a hand grinder, and I've been recommended the AeroPress. Wait, wait, not just Harry. No, no, I'm going to say by by multiple people. Harry was one of them. And I'll start by saying the AeroPress does make a good coffee. But if the hand grinder-AeroPress combo for more than two people is a massive pain in the ass. Like every like you wake up in the morning, I just want to be able to have a coffee quickly. But there's no nothing quick about grinding enough coffee for three people with a hand grinder. That takes ten to fifteen minutes. Even if you've got the billy on already. And by the time I've made the first coffee, that coffee will be drunk before the second one's made. So the Aeropress makes one coffee at a time. It's a fucking pain in the ass. Like I would have just brought a plunger to make three at a time. I would have brought pre-ground coffee, although Harry's tip was to attach the drill to the hand grinder, which yes. would be genius. Yeah. So maybe Charge next time I bring a drill. drill. Definitely, because it does take a lot of time to grind the coffee. Is it that much better than just buying ground coffee? 
apparently, if you're a coffee wanker, grinding it fresh is the way to go. So coffee wankers, you went and saw Stomp Coffee in, where are they, Angove Street, just near the Rosemount They're Hotel. In, yeah, North Perth, Stomp Coffee. We, I went in there to get the coffee and he gave us a couple. He gave us the house mix, which has been our favourite. The, the house mix was the best. That's yeah, the chocolatey one, More of one, a chocolatey yeah? flavour. Yeah. And then he gave us a more fruity mix from uh, somewhere. The fruity, yeah, like a little, adds a little bit to it. But um, it was a bit, I don't know, bitter. I, I like my coffee with cream. Yep, we've been having it with cream. And But the other thing is, because we've got no internet, I don't really know how to use the AeroPress. So it's taken four days to to get a really nice coffee out of it. Now we are getting good coffee out of it. But I would say it's a, it's a pain in the ass. If I had my time again, I'd bring ground coffee or a drill for the grinder. And I'd bring a stovetop percolator or a plunger. Because if you've got more than one or two people, you can't aeropress for five, that's for sure. Yeah, the plunger's good for three people. Like, yeah. you fill that thing and up. So, and a big percolator on the stovetop is good for three people as well. The plunger, don't buy a shit plunger. I don't know why they cost so much, because they're fucking ridiculous. Cafetiere like, is the correct But the plunger ones, you, you get them, like, for 20 bucks, and then you pay top dollar. You can but get I, them from Big W for, I think, like, $10, $15. I had a... They were a plunger explosion because I quite I like my coffee quite um, quite strong, strong and black like strong your and man, black, like my man. Yeah, yeah. heaps of <laughs> heaps of bite to it. They um, overbite. They really uh, blow your socks off, socks on, socks off coffees. That's how I like them. That's the do you want it strong or not? They um, but I had a I was forced to too much and the thing just exploded over my kitchen <laughs> like the fucking whole. It's amazing. Like yeah. your men. Yeah, just. Unleashed, exploding over the kitchen. Yeah, um, and I had similar problems with the AeroPress when we were <laughs> testing out its its capacity for coffee. <laughs> but um, anyway, there's tips for the young AeroPress. players in there. Oh, look, coffee. I would just would have liked an instant option because this morning you asked us. We'd all had coffees at about lunchtime. You're like, do you want another coffee? And I was half half me was like, you know what, I do, but. I don't want him to go through the ordeal. Because well, we all <laughs> like him strong. So it t- yeah. i got to grind three... I've got this hand grinder. It's a rhino or something like that. So i got to... One full thing of beans takes about five minutes to grind by hand. And that's, that's you know, using muscles. And uh, I've got to do that three times because we all like strong coffees. Yeah. Anyway, have your coffee as you will. Don't miss out on things. But the AeroPress gets no stars. And we're gonna <laughs> no stars. You've got to give it one. It did make coffees. No, one's, I give it four stars for flavour, no stars for making coffees for you and your friends. Mm. What about other, um, other uh, camping tips while we're here? For things I've enjoyed about this, I've got a new solar panel that's charging a portable battery that has multiple outlets. And it's been good, but it's also the bane of my existence checking the solar panel, making sure it's pointing the right direction. And as much as we like to think we're off-grid, facilitates things because, you know, the phone using for photos around here. But having a light at night is good. Just a simple, I've got piranha light that I've had for about 15 years, this fluoro portable light, and it's it's good during the uh, during the nights. But having a fridge is sick too. And you've got a night light because you're scared of the dark. Yeah, yeah, well, I've got candles, mate. Bring candles camping. The fire being the bush TV, right? That is the best thing about camping, I reckon. Like having you sit around it and just stare into this thing. You're not learning anything. It's like it's kind of like watching fucking reality television, 
these days. You're not learning anything. You're just there. Your mouth's half a gate. You're probably drooling. You've got a half a tin that's being warmed up on one side and cooled on the other. You're just there staring into the fire. That's the... Can I say, because we've been spending a lot of time staring into fire, it's, it's had a, which makes your brain wander. And one place the brain, your the brain, your brain, brain wandered, a collective brain was, and I think it's part of being um, separated from the, from the rest of humanity up here. So I'll set the scene for you was, if you take two people yep. and raise them separate to everything else in the world just by themselves a male and a female if you put them in a room together do they end up having sex do they figure out what it is and if so how long does it take for that to happen there's a lot of ways I could go with this but this I, I did wonder this wonder it right fire. now the I think that they would figure it out they did they're there it's a weird situation. Do you put them into like a group situation? Is like I think of it the way I was thinking of it when it came to my head was a bull being put in the paddock to fertilize all the dairy heifers. It's just like all right, you're there. This is your job. You know what it is. You get it done. They're all receptive to it. There's no that that they're on. They figure it out. And I I wonder if the guys and the girl like we're talking say twenty year old. You put a twenty year old. That's a mature male who's taken five years to figure out how to masturbate but he understands well that's that's what, what I reckon is that <clears throat> so you raise them in captivity in solitude a male and a female and they've figured out what feels good and it, if I rub on this it feels good mm. and then eventually they're going to start rubbing them together <laughs> until you make a baby do you reckon the male would just be like it's a standoff between who's going to masturbate first and he's just yeah. there. They've, they've figured out that obviously they're there together. They've got one fire. little spooning keeps things warm. The man will masturbate and, first. <laughs> and the guy's like, all right, fuck it. It's like, oh, she's not going to know what I'm doing. I'll just tell her I'm taking a piss. But and is and it? Is it not even that? It. Is it not like rubbing this feels good? Is it just, you know, like a baby giraffe comes out and can just walk straight away? Yeah. Like, is it? How, you like just the, know? Is there things that you just know? The marsupials that are born live and then crawl up like uh, uphill against resistance in the fur to get into the pouch to yeah, find how do the they milk. know how to do that like that's just like I'm not a thing I know what I'm doing it's just some things you know some things you know I I'd, what if he didn't, wasn't attracted to it what if the male wasn't attracted to the female or the female well okay so you become instance, way less picky if you've never seen a woman before the female would probably... She'd put up some resistance anyway, wouldn't she? But the male would just... I mean, there's no law around she, in this but realm. She might not. She she might be the dominant... Who knows? You put them, it, You take away all these gender stereotypes and... Well, then she probably won't. If she's, I think you put them in equal height, equal weight, equal muscle. Ooh, that'd be interesting. So then there's no obvious dominant partner. And one of them was beaten growing up. She <laughs> <laughs> just beat, beat her. Gave her some boxing skills. Well, they give them both... Equal, equal, and what, they're gonna end up fucking. Like regardless, yeah. I, I, I reckon within fifteen minutes they're fucking. Fuck man. <laughs> we don't normally have to edit um, uh, podcast, but we did have to edit that last 
comment by was so sorry about that. <clears throat> well, not sorry, but was you should apologise to me because I'm the one that has to go in and edit this shit when you say stupid things. <laughs> I guarantee I wasn't the only person thinking it. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, let's move on from that. Oh, uh, shit. It is good staring into the fire. You just... The things that buzz through your head, it's like a forced meditation. It is a forced meditation. Have you ever done, um, got the fire channel on TV? Nope. It's just a fireplace. And you can put your TV... But you had to pay for it, so I didn't get it, obviously. Where... But they gave me a 30-second prelude. Surely you can... There must be, a, like, a t- very long YouTube clip of a fire that you can watch. Well... I got a yeah smart TV had fire as an app, and I can buy fish tanks. Are you as well. allowed to just in, say you live in suburbia, like standard yep. suburbia? Yep. Are you allowed to have a fire pot in your backyard? What's the rules about that? I don't know. Because people obviously do it on special occasions, but how come everyone's not just out in the backyard sitting around the fire, burning their trash? I mean, part of it's because yeah, <laughs> part of it's because they don't have backyards anymore. But some people do. If you've got a backyard, I, I reckon you'll see more of that when the um, when they put the tax up on rubbish collection because just burn your rubbish like yeah, the Scandinavians do. Yeah, they push us back to the burn your rubbish setups. We all have little burn your rubbish generators out the back, just subsidising our solar electricity. That's when. That's when they'll crack down. Well, that's what I was going to say. Are you as making well. illegal electricity here? Was it you that was telling me that in Perth, which is a pretty sunny part of the world, that the sol- so much solar, like individual solar, is being used on people's houses that the electricity companies aren't making enough money to? Um, not close. It's not necessarily Sorry, there's, happening. There's two goats outside the window. <laughs> there's a mama goat and a baby goat. Is that a kid? Kid. Anyway. Just what, what, what no, was tell the question? Us more about the goats. Yeah, so <laughs> on this hill that we are on, um, there's the, this whole area like Red, Bra- Red Bluff, Nalu. It's just there's wild goats everywhere. Like it's a station. They just they look after themselves, get it done. They uh, actually goat prices prices of note. Fun fact for the listeners: highest of all time. They're over ten bucks for the first time ever per kilo. So goats very. Uh, very valuable at the moment. Normally about two dollars. So to... camping tip then: if you come to yeah. Red Bluff, bring a trailer and yep. bring back a few goats. Compound bow. Actually, don't actually because I think they belong. Even though they're wild, or well, they're running wild, they <laughs> they belong to the to the stations. I this guess is the goat people that they live on the hill above our hut. So there's little Give caves a... right at the top, like the cornice of, uh, of, at, of the cliffs. at the very top of the hill. There's and caves it... in the rocks. And every night they come down, the goat come come down and they get into their caves real chill. And then in the morning they're like, Mah! getting out, looking, looking, checking the surf. But that's in the, goat the morning people. they head head west, head east, and get the surf report. And then and they come back, come back, and, and by midday if you go up there, you yeah. can ask them. Yeah, you get Wi-Fi, and if if you get two bars, you can speak to the goats about yeah. maybe getting a surf forecast, maybe. And if you wanted to quickly check in your Facebook or something, some news. So you could, you need to, obviously, hot tip for the campers. um, Let them know the day before if there is a particular uh, Instagram profile that you've been missing that you want to look up. Yep, while you're here, just to know who you're hanging around. You know, so they can come back with that that sort of report as well. So there's two famous Instagram families from from Red Bluff. Red Bluff what are they the the Durants is one of them and the Caldwells oh the yeah. Other. yeah and they're and the, uh, shredding these, surfers 
oh my god there's lots of so the two two families both here I don't really know who manages what how they ended up here but they both live here and they both had uh, quite a few kids online on on par if they were you know a nation as someone like South Korea or S- Somalia five, so, five six kids per family so this is it's outrageous something you've got a magazine here that said that what's the highest um, what do you call it like fertility rate yeah fertility rate by so country it's per ang- per country obviously per woman it is yeah. so it, yeah yeah what's the highest one the highest one Angola and Somalia and so a- Angola is somewhere just above seven so that's they- seven seven kids per adult female sorry let me qualify so the first rating is 1960 and the second rating is 2016 so Angola were above seven they come down to somewhere around six hovering around six is Somalia Nigeria South Korea and uh, the Congo and that's in 2016 six kids per person and Red Bluff per, per families family. where do they rank on that I'd, about six I'd, they're, kids they're per somewhere family. around there they're a today's a today's Nigeria pretty much very fertile lands oh that's good here. well done they're lovely people as well we don't know They've them populated them we have bought some firewood off them and whatnot. so they've populated the earth well they've done well what were we talking about Instagram and goats <laughs> the goats walked past so yeah the goats they live in the in the <laughs> in the caves <laughs> uh, that's what I was going to say is so the only way to contact the internet is by speaking to the goats on the hill yeah <clears throat> but how, how do you find it with when the phone becomes the phone's still there because you use it to take photos but it's not there for anything else so it becomes an irrelevant object it's an irrelevant object and I think he, the anxiety of having the phone disappears quite quickly you realise it's good for nothing and you can but, but taking photos they're amazing my SLR that I've got I think it's only 8 megapixel and my phone takes like 18 megapixel yeah. photos. I've got the Google Pixel, not the latest one. And yeah. But the photos are outrageous that it takes. It's just that zoom. I think Huawei have got the crazy zoom in there. Huawei. Once they have the, the full They give you the good zoom. zoom and then they steal all your country's um, intelligence. Yeah, that's all right. But that's a small price to pay for a zoom like that. looks amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's like the big thing to come in... Um, digital cameras is digital zoom that yeah. doesn't blur up like it doesn't pixelate yeah like we've been waiting for that for a long time but that you can't I don't think you can do it why not though because digital meaning that if the only way it would be a digital zoom if you keep say 10 megapixels at full length zoom at half length zoom you're, becomes, you just cut it out okay so let's say I've so got a billion point. megapixels Okay. So okay. So yeah, endless. Yeah. You don't need it. So, if technology gets better and better, eventually we should be able to have the amount of megapixels. That means we can zoom into anything and get high definition. Yeah. So instead of having a ten megapixel camera, or a twenty, which is probably everything you're going to need. Yeah. I don't know what they are now. Smell the photos. What, Eighteen, my, I think. What was your first one. digital camera that you bought? You ha- had how many megapixels? Well, I used it for school. I had the three and a half inch floppy disks. And you could take five photos on it. Oh, two point five megapixel pics. Yeah. So what's that? Six twos, yeah, twenty four megabytes something on a thing. Shit house. I think back back in like what's that like the late nineties, 
um, or mid nineties, if you bought any of those technologies when they first came out, you just lost so much money. You would have bought like a floppy disk digital camera for like eight thousand dollars, and then two years later, you could have got something for five hundred dollars. Yeah, the I, yeah, it's a pain in the ass trying to figure out how to change memory on the, those things. But you know what was the one that big the big the big fucked up. The big fucked up. Micro disc. No. Mini disc. Oh, yeah. They didn't catch on. They didn't catch on. There was a few. Because there was the five and a quarter floppy disc. Legitimately floppy. Yep. But well overtaken by the three and a half inch floppy, which... Was stiffer. Yeah. It was stiff on the outside, but there was a floppy disc inside. It was hidden. Did you know that you could drill a hole through the corner and make it read-write? Yeah. Yeah. Because... Or you just pull the little chuck out no but yeah. not all of them had that thing uh, right. but if it didn't have that thing you could drill a hole through it do you remember going to markets and you'd like skip through and they'd have like Pac-Man just games like saved in those well, I used to go to markets and get bootleg like Salamanca market we'd go in there from the burbs and go through there'd be a store with bootlegged live concerts on VHS <laughs> and we'd buy like two yeah. or three every week because they're like five bucks ten bucks so we go in there and but and you go to Indo get the same thing you were the same thing no one's buying bootleg VHS's anymore no um just did we cover all the things at the beginning of this we're supposed to do yeah we sure did we talked about Rebuff the only th- we talked about Moo what are we taking off the wood oh what are we taking off the wood so do you want me to talk you through it yeah go because I'm my palate is confused so we went into Carnarvon yesterday and jumped on our phones, but we went into Carnarvon to um, to top up on a couple of supplies. Can't remember, and we took one off the wood at the Carnarvon. The Carnarvon Hotel. The Carnarvon it's the one Hotel. out on the foreshore, on the water. It's quite. It's very open. Set up for forty degrees. I reckon getting the sea breeze in there be a yep. good spot. So that was. Uh, so we went to the BWS, and you've come away with a. <clears throat> it's McWilliams presents Spice Royale. It's a sweetly spiced port. It comes in a really nice, like, rum-style bottle. It'd be a good bottle to put a message in and throw out into the ocean. Quite and a storm Absolutely. Bottle. And then you asked the lady uh, if this was any good, and her response was... Oh. Oh, she pretty much turned into a horse yeah. on the counter. And we weren't sure what it meant, but it turned out it meant that she was quite the fan of the uh, Spice Royale. And was what would you say about it? it it's full-on. It... It's incredibly uh, sweet, as you would imagine. But it got me... Oh, I, it's very Moorish. I'm going to summarise and say the Spiced Royale is very Moorish. And I recommend it's pretty it. good. Recommended. So, we, so we're drinking Spiced Royale. The other thing that happened in Carnarvon is at the Carnarvon petrol station, there's a new Coke. Coke, no sugar, energy. So we bought that to give that a taste test. How many stars do you give that? Uh... I'll no give it stars. one star out of five because it it was what it said it was going to be, but it didn't exceed my expectations. Yeah, because it was exactly like an. But that was the other thing we took off the wood today. It was one of them with a bit of Jamison, and then we just got the standard bush chooks in the box, which chooks off the wood. Which have been yeah, a couple of chooks on the porch hang each night. Nothing too crazy. Nothing crazy. I'd like to apologise uh, for the lisp I might have on this episode Your as lisp. well. I don't know. I've been noticing my Fs I can't say properly. They flow out the end of my mouth. Like it's <clears throat> what happened. I, I've chipped. I've chipped a tooth. The 
the uh, off the grid life has really dived back into me quite strong. My beard's gone a bit erratic. The hair's pointing in all directions, and I chipped a tooth off trying to open a milk carton, which is the second time I've done that in my life. So my front tooth is in half at the moment. It was, and it was one Let's of those long a f- life. It was a long life cream, yeah. and if you pick it up, it's it's got a picture of scissors on there. Does it? Yeah, and no one else would think to try and use their teeth because it looks really strong and it is and you've saying that you've chipped the same tooth twice doing the same thing you yeah. know what they say but doing the same thing expecting for me once <laughs> shame, shame, shame on, on me. me you shame Sh- on uh, Sh- fool me twice well Second, here's a question you can't fool me have you ever successfully used your teeth to open one of them it was cut and then I was peeling the last bit off to open it more but have you successfully yes yeah okay so yeah. that's the problem you get lulled into a I got them security. done. They're both fake, both front ones, and <clears throat> I had them done a few years ago. DB Dental in Perth. I was very impressed with the service. That being said, it did come off again. So, yeah. And what what was the dentist? DB Dental. DB Dental in Perth. James. He's James Cottesloe. <clears throat> yeah. You, I reckon this tooth's still under warranty, James. And um, I don't think you should be charging was for this. Two years ago. Even though we've just admitted that he shouldn't have been biting the uh, <laughs> the cream canister. It happened. I, it's it happened. not bad. I'm, it's it's affecting my personality when I, in a positive manner, turned into the half-tooth guy. That's what I wanted to Low expectations. say. We did go to Carnarvon yesterday, back into the big smoke. Had a good time at the um, hotel in the Woolworths, on the BWS. Uh, but there was a time some years ago was where you were... Um, summoned to the Carnarvon Court. Hmm. Do you want to? Uh, which which I've recently learned about. I kind of knew about this story, but this now that I'm up here, it all puts it in a bit more perspective. Hmm. The first time I came to Red Bluff was with Brad O'Brien, Bradley Twins O'Brien, soon to be the owner of Twins. Um, we were we travelling around Australia at the time, so just doing pretty much a big figure eight of the country. And it was the best thing ever. And someone told us in Darwin, you've got to go to Red Bluff. It's amazing. So we'd worked our way through the centre, working along the way, hadn't surfed in six months, got to down to Exmouth. And then this is the evening. So from now on, my police record turns up a charge of... Um, fuck, I can't remember what it says. Oh, false particulars. False particulars. So we're in Exmouth. Pretty much left the pub because Brad was absolutely hammered. Just... Just fell Brad asleep. was hammered. Brad was hammered. He was sitting on a stool, just asleep on the stool. I was like, all right, we're going to go. Well, Brad left. wasn't one that had to go to... Well, he was... Anyway. Too drunk we, to break the law. On the way home, we found a jug from the pub on the street. And so it was... I think we were watching a footy match or something. And anyway, I was bowling it. I was like, bowling this jug down the road. No worries. And then we had to cut through the service station to get to our caravan park, which was at the back of the servo, this little gate. And as we walk through, the cops roll in and they stop Brad, who's like stumbling towards camp. He's on the phone. He's all right. And I was like, all right, I don't need to be a part of this. I'll just stop where I am. And he'd hid, stood benignly in the shadow of the uh, price sign for the fuel. I was just standing there waiting so I could see Brad. I was like, he's fine. He clearly knows where he is. And all of a sudden, this cop jumps out with a flashlight in my face. And he's like, hey, what's your name? He's like, I was like, Duh, wasted me. Didn't say my name. 
I didn't. I, I said Bradley. Oh, sorry, Warren O'Brien, which is not your name. Which is not my name. It's a combination of your name and Brad's name. Yeah, which is what we checked into the caravan park as, because we. <laughs> Just decided that's what we do from just, now on. It's a lot, something funny because you yeah. guys were traveling around in a four-wheel drive for like eighteen yeah. months or something. Yeah, just, just, just you know, get a bit not, weird. Not anyway, a gay thing. Just like a gay couple thing. of mates hanging out. <laughs> but you know, we thought we'd mix up. Anyway, I got arrested for saying the wrong name. Gave them. How did wallet. they know you said the wrong name? Well, I said the wrong name, and he's like, "Have you got any ID?" I was like, "Yeah." So you, like, you gave him your ID. Yeah, I was like, "It doesn't say." That's my name. So I gave him my wallet. I did just you, gave him my wallet at that point. Did you come up with an excuse or did you say, I accidentally said the wrong name? Because this doesn't sound like something you should be arrested I for. I literally said that and then he's looked at the jug, of the empty jug, and thinks I've stolen that from the pub. Yep. However, didn't that was not what I got charged for. You were charged for... I didn't steal the jug. False particulars. False, because I gave him a fake name and then I gave him the real name. Anyway, he's like, you're going to have to come back to the cop shop and go back so I went back to the cop shop, cop shop. it was this hey fuck this cop by the <laughs> way like this this is the guy that gives police a bad name he Are was an English with... policeman a, a constable and he so English. the deal was that he didn't quite understand the fair go attitude and there was an Aussie cop with him when I was at the cop shop got fingerprinted fist printed they print down here so like on the your outside of your little finger to if you've been looking through windows they oh, can yeah. tell or yeah or breaking things with your fist yeah so I got fingerprinted, fist printed, got a... Uh, Fisted in There was no one else in my cell. Got a... Um, anyway, got a, got a court date in Carnarvon. I'm so angry about this. I've heard this story before, but this time around it's making me angry. Brad waited out the front of the, the shop for me, <laughs> the cop boy. shop, in the bushes, and I got out about 2am. <laughs> in I the bushes? Like, well, they'd taken us downtown from where we were. they take Brad camp. as well, or did he follow? No, no, he, he went back to camp, but then knew that I wouldn't be able to find my way home, so found the cop shop in town. I'd turn my phone Oh, off. he knew you'd been arrested. Yeah, he knew I got arrested. And then, right. so I get out of the cop shop. He's a good like, man, isn't he? Like, he's a great man. He came back and hid in the bushes so that you could find your way home. Brad, you're a fucking legend, mate. I looked, I looked left and right. I was like, shit, I don't know what way to go. And I started walking two steps in I just hear this crack of a beer can I was like ears prick up like what's that it was like Brad walks out of the bush with two red cans and he's like I was like fuck yeah mate he's like it's this way and just walked me home we had a beer good but bad also because fuck that cop you say he's English as he's from England he just didn't get it the other the Aussie cop was trying to give us the surf report for Red Bluff because you guys are on your way from Exmouth to Red Bluff right And now this fucking pom, fucking whinging pom cunt cop <laughs> <laughs> has fucking arrested you for having a bit of a laugh when you've almost got home, right? And that I'm taking your word for that nothing else happened. You weren't like trying to ride a kangaroo or anything like that. But you've been given a court date in Carnarvon, Carnarvon, where we were yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and what happened in court? Well, all right, so there was the, the bit on the paper that says tick the box guilty not turning up at court or you could go and represent yourself and pretty much oh my my defence was oh, I was wasted I was drunk and I couldn't and I, I was, said Bradley I was o, drunk o and Brian. I said a thing and Warren then I O'Brien. offered up a thing and I was like you know what fuck it what's, what's going to happen because at that time it didn't matter because your police record stayed in your state whereas so that was fine I'm in WA I don't give a shit yep my commerce degree will get me a job anywhere but then the next year they changed that so anyway, I ticked the box that said not coming to court. But why did you... Because 
you're, you're in Red Bluff. It's only an hour and a half to Carnarvon. Why did you tick that box? Because we looked at the surf report and it's like, it looks like there'll be waves. So we came here. We got to the shop and the dude at the shop was like the, the young kid, Lockie, Lockie Caldwell. One of, the, one of the at breeding the time, families. This is 2009 or something. And he was just frothing out of his head. He's like, there's going to be waves tomorrow. No one's here. It's off season. It's like November. Yeah. The worst thing about that night is we weren't even the worst blokes out on the street. Two school-age girls egged us on the way to the pub because it was <laughs> Halloween. It was the 31st of October. Maybe the cops had just had enough. Fucking it like, egged. It was bullshit. You the guys egging people? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't us. Anyway, we came here and we surfed instead and it was the sickest. Hence, I've been back a few times since. So you, you couldn't be bothered driving back because the surfers have been pumping. I respect that. But it did put something on your record and... I had no defence. It hasn't really affected you, has it? It hasn't. It's been... But every job I've had, because I work in finance, has, has, I've had to explain what the hell what happened. What happened. And you keep getting jobs, so... Here's a lesson for everyone out there. It's fine. You get a job. You've been arrested several times, Andy. But if um, you, No doubt. Oh, look. I've had a few problems. Uh, underage drinking was one. That, that's actually a good story, because me and my friend Dan, who we mentioned earlier, went to an 18th when we were 17... And the cops came in, and uh, speaking of false particulars, they busted a whole bunch of us, 17. And me and Dan were the only ones that gave the correct name. And when you're 17, you don't have an ID anyway. Like, yeah. oh, we might have a learner's permit. But everyone else was like, oh, did you give me a real name? Like, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck. And uh, they, they, what they made us do, we didn't have to go to court, but you had to bring your mum or dad in to have a talking to at the police station at a given date and Dan and his dad I think went in it was like two months later and I hadn't even heard from him and then he saw like a pile of files on the table one with Andrew written on it my name and he's like oh hey what about this guy have you have you spoken to this guy <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they're like what said, yeah same night as me so then like two Wait, months Dan. later this is Dan has said this to the to the cops fucking snitch <laughs> So then loose I loose lips, Dan. Loose lips, loose lips. Ships. So my mum gets a call, and it's like you need to come into the cop station. And this is now five months later, and I've turned eighteen by this stage. So me and mum go down to the Glenorchy Police Station in Hobart, and uh, sit there. And the constable's like, "Don't even know what this is." Looking through old files. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So underage drinking. I'll be, I see you're eighteen now. Right. Okay. There's not really much to be said here, is there? <laughs> and that was it. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was it. That was my punishment for that. That's what you got punished. Yeah. And it was just a it was it was a joke. There's hey cops. Hey cops. There's better shit to fuck do with your time. I maybe it's a, arrest some jaywalkers. That's the real criminals. Nah. The jaywalkers. The, the jaywalkers. What's next on the bar snacks list? Well look, we are gonna have to start getting to the end of this. So let's jump to Bar Snacks. Now, Bar Snacks is just a couple of quick-fire topics that we're not going to dwell on for too long, unless we do. There's no rules here. This is our podcast. We do what we want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're in a fucking... We're in a stone heart on the hill. Let's fucking go to neighbours. Just... I'll give you an update. Tell I'm update. Sure. The sun... It has been raining heavily, and our kitchen flooded, uh, but not the bedroom. The sun's come out a bit. It is, it is on shore heavily, but it looks quite pretty. I might go for a swim after this. Also, tip for uh, visitors to Red Bluff, if you want some entertainment on this sun, sunset, instead of going right to the point to watch the sunset, um, 
just sit down a little bit at the crack, which is the, the keyhole, basically, where all the surfers paddle out during the day, you'll notice. When they have to come back in, it um, can be quite an entertaining little spot to watch. So uh, I recommend that. We did do it the other day, and only... Not intentionally, because it was going to be a good shot to get some surf well, we photos there, from. Because you wanted to get low to get some um, surf photos. We're sitting right in front of the Sitting right in front of it, but we actually sat right in front of the keyhole at an extremely low tide. And it's gnarlier than I thought. I've been here a few times, I've never seen it. When it goes low tide, in the middle of the keyhole, which ordinarily you could jump in safely and then get sucked out with one wave, but there's a Just fucking Just quickly arch. though, a keyhole is usually a channel in the reef that's deeper that you can get in and out of waves. Uh, there is one here, it's quite small. It's difficult to get in and out of, but it's your best yep. bet. Because it draws and sucks, but if you get if you get into the keyhole, you just literally time it with a swell, jump off, and you're in really deep water, and you can paddle around the surf break. Yeah, but sitting there was pretty funny watching people try to get in at low tide. There's an overhanging shelf, and it, this one Scottish guy just paddled. He sat there and watched it because I don't think he'd, he'd seen been the surfing tide that all day because he was out there when we were out there, and mm, that would have yeah. been five hours earlier. Yeah, and he's finally come in. Anyway, he he didn't. And he just looked at the ledge too long. It's like he knew the future of his fate, and he gave up. A few people went before him. Someone went further down the point. He just paddled up to the ledge, climbed up, and by the time he stood up and he was about to retrieve his board, the ocean had sucked out. This wave just came and just folded his board in half around the. It was a really nice board. He he saw other people climb up and then quickly grab their board. He tried to do that, climbed up, turned around, and wave had was coming through and yeah it snapped his his nice looking board in half that noise he's just been surfing like double overhead red bluff for hours and hours and hours and he snapped his board (laughs) coming in and we were sitting right there like a couple of fucking gawking on the highway at a fucking traffic accident pretty much oh the guy snapped him I felt bad he's looked up and I said mate that was tragic and his (laughs) quick retort was mate Fucking starving children in Africa's tragic. This is all right. <laughs> it's like, righto, mate. Like, Jesus. I was just trying to fucking sympathise with you. Don't, don't put that yeah, on me. Yeah, but the difference is you did that intentionally for <laughs> being an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. You can paddle. Yeah, there's okay. plenty of options. Uh, plenty anyway, of options. Anyway, it's good that we, we talked about making a... I reckon, like, there needs to be barriers to entry to surf breaks because some kooks out in the lineup just just getting in people's way and doing the doing the wrong thing you could reinvent surfing there's no like major kooks here. at Red Bluff like it's probably like me and then that Scottish guy <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but you can get in and out really easily you just sit and watch the jump in you can get out there and paddle the shoulder the whole way there's no like but there's no Victorian one out there's no one out there on a soft board whereas occasionally at Bell someone will turn up on a soft board that's learnt surf yep. two weeks ago yep and just get fucked up yeah. because they can paddle out. I don't know. Bells has a barrier to entry because of the shore. Bells is difficult when it's bigger as well. And like any anything on the peninsula, but I, but some of these waves, like it's like toe surfing versus normal surfing. You can just get straight into it. Just grab the rope and you're off. You're off. Try it. It's like water skiing. I think. So, I kind of you talked up getting in and out of the water, and I I got you've explained to me how to do it. And the first one. I nailed, put my hand, so you sort of, what you do is you paddle in, you put your left hand on the rocks, and you have your board under your right arm, the water goes down, you're sort of hanging by your left arm, and then when the water comes back in, 
you do a little step up onto the rocks. So I did it, nailed it, and then looked down. And I'm like bleeding out of my feet. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought I nailed that. Next day, same same way of getting out. Done. Looked down. I'm bleeding out of two new places out of my feet. Then it was a bit different yesterday because the tide was higher and I basically got washed over the whole reef. But stood up and thought I was sweet. Looked down and I'm bleeding out of two new places out of my feet. So my feet are fucking torn to bits. <laughs> Without even really doing anything. It's just the tax that you pay up here for surfing. You've got to do it. And even if you nailed it, the first one we surf we had, I absolutely nailed. Hanging on the ledge, swell comes up, got your board on the on the ocean side, and you just do a little press up, and you're standing on the rock. Perfect. But since then, same thing. Like, my, I put my socks on the day... And they're just like now they're blood stained from every side. It's just like blood stained socks. Every toe has got a cut. To that cut as well. Yeah, just got to rip it off. Rank, but it's the tax that you pay for surfing here, I reckon. Because yep. you got to pay something, and it's going to be interesting. There's a swell coming tomorrow that is going to be big. We've had we've, we've lucked had in one some good swell. swell, and it looks like we're getting in. We we turned up to waves. Then we had a small day. I was just going to say, that rock jump on the small day, and was head high, uh, there was a girl jumping off the rocks, and I sort of came up next to her, and we jumped together. We both fucked it up, but her more than me, so I almost got caught on the rock, and I knocked my toenail off. I didn't realise that till later, but I knocked half my big toenail <laughs> off on the rocks, and I looked back, and she's laying on a board on the ledge still. <laughs> just I was like, oh. just wandering off. And I was feeling pretty good. I was like, I oh, know that, and then I... <laughs> got back in I was like no no <laughs> fucked my toe up it's kook tax it's pretty sick being in the water here like just even if you're not getting waves sitting on the shoulder when it's actually pumping because this is an absolutely world class wave like the kind of wave that you sketch on a pad and to sit in the water and watch guys that shred out of here just so confident drop in pull into this this tube that it's just you can see a still frame photo and you're like oh, I can do that I could balance on a board in the barrel but to make the decisions to get into the barrel to take off to stand up at speed and read the wave that's coming at you or in front of you do you need to go further out slow down it seeing it in action right in front of you is yeah. next level uh, it's okay. confronting as well because because you can like I just get out there and watch it and you can see the big sets come through, which are, you know, large compared to everything else, and you see the the local guys charge it. But if you want to, you can line up and have a go for yeah. a big set. Chances are you're going to get obliterated, but chances are you won't make it too. So it's like you, get, it's a fucking bit of a head fuck. Like I kind of want to try that, but I'm a bit scared. But it is good to see that shit live. That's for sure. I liken it to like say world class um, waves, like you could look at it from a skate ramp perspective it's like okay anyone can go and stand at the top of a big roll into a quarter pipe like a huge like a ramp vert ramp drop or in or a vert ramp drop in like you can stand there and the difference being in skating is is you decide when you go but you could take a half a day to get you to psych up to it to actually making a drop on a vert ramp which is pretty hectic even like an 8 foot vert ramp I've not ever like dropped into a proper vert ramp have you ever tried yeah. Just an eight foot vert, and that's it. Well, what's the standard? That's not big vert, like ten to twelve. Like they what's huge. what's pran in Melbourne? Pran, 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 pran. Mate, it's pran. 
pram. I've been living there long enough. I'll be pushing me pram round. Pram. Pram. What's the pram? Vert ram. I don't know. It has to be 15 feet. 15 feet? That's it's fucking high. It's double overhead. Uh, yeah, I thought it, I would have said 10 feet. Three metres. No, but, it, but when you stand Same as a bottom, basketball it's, hoop. it's double your head from the basketball courts up to the top there. So 12 feet. 12 feet, I reckon. For me, for you a bit less, because you're yeah. a bit shorter than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 11 foot 8. You're right. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? But you can't do... that. That's what's impressive. Watching it, you can walk up to this... Fucking oath. And it's your turn, you fucking go. Get it done. And was in... You actually fucking had a crack yesterday more... No, what was it? Two days ago, it was big in the morning... I I passed. Looked a bit fucking hectic. I thought I'd wait till later in the day. Was had a crack. Went on a bomb. Mm. I was up on the hill. Took a few photos. You got slapped, but you did take off and pull in. So fucking got, good on you. <laughs> you got belted a few times. That that was the, that was the best session I've had since I've been here. Just a quick. I'm gonna go out here, and I took out the six one, which is the DHD made for J Bay. Fast fast waves, but. I, it was too small to paddle into. I was like air dropping into the wave to take off, and board was flapping around. But then once you're up, it was good. Heaps of control, but scary. And so I came in after half an hour. I got four waves, and yeah, a couple of bombs. So you shot some. That was good. It's and good then I wasn't feedback. sure if I was going to go out that day, but <laughs> we went and watched <laughs> it. You. What did we? We went. We went and sat in the point and watched it for a while, and it looked like it chilled out a bit. It was like sweet. No, I'm good. I'm definitely out there. And then as we're putting our wetsuits back on, one of the proper sets came through. And was like, oh, it hasn't really chilled out. It's still it pumping. But I'm fucking glad I paddled out. I didn't catch. I caught two waves. Um, but it was, it, like you said, it was fucking sick to watch. And there's some, oh, like, there's like a 60-year-old dude owning it. There's, there was some real sort of fat cunt out there <laughs> just getting <laughs> bombs. Like, it's not your standard. The people that are shredding, you wouldn't pick them out of yep. the crowd and say it's this guy's shredding it's the old blokes from Marks they yeah. come up here this is what they do it's like fuck yeah imagine this being retired you'd live forever wouldn't you it's pretty Still it's kind of inspiring like some of the guys charging the hardest would have been 50 and 60s if you think about yep. 3 or 4 of the guys pulling into the like so that means we, we've got 20 years of training before with yeah, those you guys yeah got to you got to be have some skill to let it degenerate to that level. So we're gonna Kelly get, Slater's not getting any fucking better. We need to get we the skills to, now, yeah. so that we can so that have you retain them. Degenerate. Yeah, agreed. Exactly. Agreed. But it is good. It's a good thing about surfing. I think is that you see old cunts like that just uh, just having a good it. time. And you, if you saw them in land, you'd be like, "Who's this fucking Santa Claus looking motherfucker?" <laughs> <laughs> alright so we were hoping that our third third member of this trip Moo was uh, was going to be here to, he didn't want to talk but we thought he went fishing and we haven't seen him for some time he's either been washed away or the fish that he caught is too big to get back to camp. He's caught a few. Like He's Moo is a it. full-blown fish murderer. <laughs> that, absolutely, I, I like Moo and I go fishing a little bit, and he's definitely twice the fisherman I am. But we just turn up. He's been scrolling Google Earth for this trip a few times, and he literally sees like a spot. And he's like, "This is here. We, this is where we're going. Right there, there'll be fish there." And then just like, boom, one cast out at Kelly's right surf spot. Just like they'd be fishing that hole. Whack. Straight out, pulls a big tailor out, 
uh, it was good. It was impressive. Yeah, and the other thing is the uh, friendly nature of Moo. I don't know if it's friendly or if he can't be fucked dealing with the fish, but all the good ones he's caught, he's basically <laughs> given them to other camps to eat. Yeah. Because he already cooked us dinner. But Moo ain't, ain't the only guy around here. Well, the only doing thing, some fucking doing murdering. Some murdering. <laughs> My God. Every time you surf out here, there's just out the back constantly, whether it's whales or sharks or dolphins, just like... Murdering fish, fish, fish murders going on left, right, and centre yeah. from the porch hang. Especially as the sun sets around here, you start to see whales jump. You start to see just commotion where some big animal is fucking up some smaller animal. And even just down in front of where we're staying, there's a fishing hole. We saw a pretty, like not a big shark, but like a five foot bronze whale, bronze whaler, um, just, just cruising around and picking up any leftover fish. Yeah. It's it's the ultimate poor Chang to witness a bit of murder. I reckon, like, I don't actually understand if it's actually murder into species. Because if I kill you, that's murder. But if I kill a goat, that's just me killing a goat because no, I no, probably but, wanted to eat but it. But if you... Okay, you can't torture an animal, right? Yeah, I would never said I torture. I just no, no, it. no. But that's, there is definitely a law against doing that sort of shit. Yeah, of course. That's all right. I don't know if that like... It's not kept called murder, around, though, is it? What if I do a... Um, What's the word? Like, uh, uh, what if I go around and kill my neighbor's dog, dog with a clean yeah. shot? Dog, so clean no shot. suffering. It's it's quick, quick and um, not your property. It probably comes into property law. Property damage almost for that person because the dog doesn't have any retribution. And if it's in a national park, like, same sort of thing. Like if you kill an endangered animal, you pay a fine for it. It's not murder. It's like breaking a law that wasn't. So, so murder into species doesn't there's, count. There's, from human to animals, you can kill. I can kill as many ants as I want and not be arrested. But not if I'm messing with an animal that we is, that uh. is like an enslaved animal, like a dog or a cow, then that's fucking with someone's property, right? I think so. But what you're asking is the next level from that into species, and I don't. I think that the cops would be watching Attenborough lion episodes. And then going arresting lions. But you're assuming that murder is a charge, is a crime. If murder's not the crime, I mean, like, when, when there's dolphins killing fish, that's not murder, that's them eating. Yep. So is it only if you kill someone for fun, with your intelligence or less, that it's murder? What? Well, if, if I kill a dog, it's not murder. But if I kill a human, it's murder. If I kill a smarter person than me, it's murder. You kill dolphins. I don't know. Uh, so you you want to update the murder law to everyone has an... You get an IQ test every year. Yes. And you can only kill yeah. people whose IQ is less yes. than yours. I didn't want to, but now I do want yeah. to do that. <laughs> Let's yeah. update that. So anyone... You can kill down, but you can't kill up. Dolphins are fuckheads and they probably should be a murder... <laughs> there should be charges against what they do, I think, because they've yeah, been known yeah. to sexually harass yeah. humans. John C. Lilly first documented the dolphin raping his associate who was helping him write the thesis on... He built that cunt, built a fucking house that they could flood, so up to the walls, halfway, like a metre, it was full of water, and he could live in the house because he wanted to live with dolphins just to see what would happen. Someone should arrest this guy because he's the one <laughs> fucking dolphins by the sounds of it. <laughs> it turns out the dolphin raped his associate. 
they've developed a physical relationship. But that's the guy who invented float tanks. Have you seen... going to higher places. The John C. Lilly. The, he is a <laughs> John C. Lilly. He's a genius, but he's also a dolphin fucker. And there is a law against fucking dolphins. Bestiality, yeah. Yep. So... Have you seen the Blackfish documentary about yeah, yeah. SeaWorld? Yep. What's the, the big whale in that? Um, Called... Tilikum. Tilikum, yeah. All right, so orcas are some of the most fucked up creatures on the planet. Yep. The way they, like, fuck with their prey. What? Oh, yeah. Like, they'll, they'll flip. They'll flip seals in the air a bit and then eat them. So why the fuck... Like, these are obviously psychopathic animals, yeah? Just yeah. killing machines. You put one in captivity, it eats a few trainers. And it's like a big... It's worth making a movie about. I get it. At the movie's yeah. about different things. But what did you expect? These, well, it's fucking, fucking smart. It's like taking a serial killer and letting him live in your house for a bit. And, oh, he killed your whole family. Well, what did you fucking expect? <laughs> they made a documentary about it saying that they're intelligent. Too intelligent to be kept in captivity. They're intelligent and they're psychopathic. Yep. The dolphins fuck with us, definitely. They, they're another, they look at you funnily. Well, yesterday morning, surfing... There was a guy, I was caught inside, as I spend most of my time caught inside here. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, the only way to get, get waves. Yeah. Well, if we should talk about that, how, how the normal people get waves. But <laughs> yeah. we'll come to that. So I'm caught inside. There's a guy surfing the wave towards me. So I'm trying to paddle away from him to duck dive the wave. But in the wave, there's six dolphins surfing the wave. And I duck dived into the dolphins. And, you know, they didn't hit me, but... They changed direction. They would have hit me because they're assholes. <laughs> they're out there. The, the sea life around here is pretty epic. There's always something being murdered on the coast in front of you. It's just murder central. Absolutely murder central. Have you got a benefits of for us? We should. Uh, are we, do you need to ding something to call last drinks? That um, port's looking good for a last drink. Here we go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, 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 Last drinks. Last drinks. All right, so we've got three sections to get through for last drinks. Shit. We've got benefits of. The benefits of. We've got what's got you stoked. And then we've got... No Uber ratings today. Uh, I've got, I've I'd love to know Moo's Uber rating. Well, maybe we'll oh, add it 5. in. 5.5. 5. He's the nicest guy 5. you can fucking ever come across. I hope he hasn't been washed he away. He doesn't get in. Because he's been gone a long <laughs> yeah, time. he's been gone a very long time. <laughs> he, he doesn't... um. He's a polite guy, but he knows what he doesn't like, Moo. Mm. So, if you got in the cab or an Uber, or someone he didn't like, you'd probably let him know. Yeah, he might lose a few points That's here and there. That's what he'd like to know. All right, so... Ben- benefits off. So, you were saying that the Scandinavian countries or some... I don't know. Which country was it? Uh, I don't recall. I'd like to say Sweden. Let's say Sweden. We yep. don't have any Google to check anything. But they're just burning all their plastic... As opposed to throwing it into landfill. Well, it's Whereas plastic. Indonesia's putting all their plastic into the water. Plastic and food waste. So everything, instead of going to landfill, is going into big combustible engines, turbines, and then creating electricity. Well, and they must be capturing the carbon somehow or reducing yep. filtering it to offset the carbon credits. But that's where all their waste is going, instead of into landfill. And so the option, right, to come here, we had plastic plates that I actually got bought for my 30th could be camping trip away and didn't end up using them all so I've had them for years so they already exist so it's a sunk cost they've been produced from oil and they're here and they exist yep 
So do we put them in landfill? Or do we burn them and on put the them campfire. into... On the campfire. Just leave no trace. No Hasht- trace. Hashtag no trace. <laughs> so we've been doing the latter. We've been burning everything and giving it back to the... Because the air is so pure around here. It can purify. It's got capacity to purify the carbon that I'm putting into it. So the benefits of burning your own plastic The was? benefits of burning your own plastic is... You fast forward the carbon consumption food, food chain. Uh, you don't have to wash dishes. Yeah, that's the obvious one. Well, we did, yeah. The next one? You don't get the virus that's in Red Bluff at the moment. Virus being different to bacteria, I learnt in the surf from Mina. Thank yeah. you, the Norwegian princess. We were told before we came here that a virus is ripped through camp, giving everyone a 12-hour poos and spews obsession, and it made its way from Red Bluff all the way up through Nalu last week. So we've been real careful not to... Socialise with anybody. Yep. A uh, tangent, a benefit for the stony shack, away from everyone, your own toilet, all the goods. But we, we haven't got the virus. We haven't got the virus. We've been using a lot of alcohol hand wash. Um, the benefits of burning plastic. You don't have to carry that shit in the car. It stinks, it's greasy, creates flies. I honestly flies. think that's all the benefits because there are some debits. <laughs> yeah. That's not what the segment's about. <laughs> that's right. Okay, you, well, that's the end You of get that to then. get a bit high on the black smoke that's burning from the burning plastic. That'll get you... That, that's your... Um, uh, smoke signal, if you're lost. Yeah, very good for a smoke signal. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the little kick that it gives to the fire, you know, because you, your fire's just coals and you, like, throw a bit of plastic on and you know it's going to flare up. That's good. Weeds out any, like, major greenies in your group yes <laughs> really tests people's nerve tests people's nerve how far are you going to go before you say something I know you didn't uh, like guys, us watch I don't think we should be burning the plastic what <laughs> get out <laughs> yep weeds out who's who damn straight I, I think there's benefits to burning the plastic I'm not taking it home it's not going to landfill which no. is the alternative the biodegradable plastic forks that I bought which were not made of plastic, made of plant material, broke down before I got to use them, crumbled. So threw them in the compostable and toilet. we got the heat from that plastic to keep us oh, warm. Yeah. And yeah. we might have had to get that through some other means. We'd figure it out, two of us. We might have had to all sleep in the same bed. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, we burnt plastic. Yeah, oh, benefit no. is it looks like some Terminator melty shit. Like, yes. It's really dark. And twisted, watching you ever, plastic burn. Do you ever put like a twisties packet in the oven as a kid? Turn them into key rings. Yeah, yeah. yep. People, kids don't do that shit. The I don't coals think they're made of the out. same stuff anymore. I don't think you can do it anymore. Instead of these coals and all these mini collectible things, they should bring back the like you're using your trash to make yeah. the consumable, so it's already there. That's the answer to the next like because they got berated for for, for creating rubbish. Coals did. They also. Yeah got a massive like benefit sales wise from it yeah one of the greatest marketing campaigns that's that's happened yeah two sides to every story is it the consumer over the consumerist and no one's burning them they're sitting on the shelf for potentially a long time yeah next campaign get it on to next woolies if you're listening yeah yeah Um, (laughs) no but i like the idea of just shrinking it yourself but I think chip packets used to be made of something they didn't have the foil in it we'll try that in the camp now. oven tomorrow yeah, we'll try it yeah, there's no waves tomorrow we'll try it we'll report back 
Um, that's the benefits of. All right, so sure, there's more. This is where we would get Moo to show us his um, Uber rating, but Moo's potentially been washed out to sea. <laughs> He better come back with a fish. It's fucking howling on <laughs> He better be washed out to sea or with have a fish. Yeah. There's nothing in between that will be okay. It's pretty howling on shore and a decent swell, so there's every chance he's been washed off a cliff. But anyway, last episode, Ep 10 with Ash Nelson, who is an Olympian, Commonwealth Games, two times gold medalist hockey player. Massive creep. Massive hockey. creep. And we, we spelt out the, um, the rating system for your Uber. I'm not going to go through it again. You can go back and listen to that. But essentially, if you get below 4.5, you start to really be the lowest. Neck, the neck low. tats. Yeah. So we've said if you're between a 4 and a 4.5, you're either an alcoholic or a racist. Or have facial tattoos. Yeah. And we've had a couple of people send through some, um, some of their ratings, 7.47, 7.49, saying this is really doing their heads in. Yep. They're um, close. They're on the cusp. See, the 7 point, the, the 4.9, you are... Did I say seven? Was it four? I meant to oh, say sorry, four point four seven. You know what? You you need to have a look at yourselves. All right. If that's you that sent that through, have a fucking look at yourself because you've got some things that you could work on. Um, look, you're not lower four. You're not Adolf Hitler just yet. But and this isn't one ride can't change that destiny. One bad ride brings you down. But you need to accumulate four to five good rides to one bad ride. So you need to really change your averages. If you're below 4.5, a.k.a. Hitler, the racist, uh, as it would be, you, well, no, you no, need no. to be... Four, four to 4.5 is you, you, you've got some problems in your life. You're yeah. not like the worst of the worst. Under four is the worst but of the two, worst. But, but almost two out of ten rides is bad. Yes, right about. So that's, you know, 20% of your time. You need that, you're trying it. to make up for it, right? Yeah. You could be over nice. You're going to lose... You could lose points for being too nice, being too friendly, offering the driver, like, get in. So what I do now, I get in with my own water yeah. and chewing gum and tell the driver, would you like some water? Would you like some chewing gum? And he usually thinks I'm taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get a three-star then rating. <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Taking control, it's, trying to be fucking, your boss's boss. These Uber drivers, <laughs> they've swung this thing around on us, and now yeah. we're the ones providing snacks and yeah. beverages. What the fuck? Fuck, that's, that's your new game. Yeah. Hey, was you pay for pay for your Uber rides in was. snacks and blowjobs? Sorry, yeah. Hey, was uh, what's got you frothing this week? What's got me frothing this week? Yeah. Oh, mate, oh, it's it's hard to deny the froth that is out the front of us. But yeah, what's got me proper frothing is pushing the limits. Like just surfing out here, like you said, it got uh, a couple of days ago. It was pretty big and the biggest sets, and it's. The waves are here, and you're in the spot, and it's all up to you whether you push go or not. And you got to fucking commit to it. And finding that limit of where you are and the fear versus the the adrenaline. Because surfing waves like this, they're not necessarily big waves, because you can get an easy run into a big wave. But this is like a big reef wave that sucks and is full noise. Like, you yeah, want to be... This is a steep takeoff into a fast-breaking yeah. reef wave. There's no, like, study takeoff. You ripping down the line. And finding that limit of what, where it is for you, is oh, that's got me stoked. I love to find that edge. And it's been... I think it's a good translation to the rodeo things, to bull riding, because you're mellow. You're sitting there on this bull you do what you have to do strap your hand in 
and then you nod, you say go. So when you're ready, but you've got to go from zero to full noise quite quickly, and surfing waves like this, it's similar because you're sitting there, you're mellow, you've got your position, and one comes, if you're in the spot, people are looking at you. You've got to fucking commit, that's it. It's and your you choice. Just, and you yeah. have to choose early. Cause yeah. Because if you don't want to go, which is me if I'm in the spot, then you've got to make sure it's, say, look, I'm not making any effort to catch this yeah. wave. Yeah. You guys go. Yeah. But you're right, it, it pushes your own limits and it's got to be good, good for you in general to do things like that, the, whether it be surfing, bull riding, uh, anything else in your life. Like just to check where the edge is to check you what you're willing to do. Because you're definitely capable of so risk. much more. We go th- yeah, absolutely. And then obviously people find diff- risks in different places and different elements of life, but yeah, f- oh, that proper frothed me out and good. I was ready. I'm ready for the next swell that's coming, which is going to be a metre bigger than well, the last one. Well, that's tomorrow. Like, I'm pumped. It's going to be bigger and we'll see where where we're at. Yep. My I don't have the right board, but I'm giving up as a, on that as an excuse. You're here. Like, I'm just, yeah. And worst case scenario, tomorrow it's too big for me. I'm still going to paddle out and sit there. And yep. cop waves on the head like I've been doing all week. <laughs> nah, it's what it's about, finding the limits. So that's got me frothing. I do love that. And this is, yeah, as raw as it gets, paying the paying the cut feet cut tax. That's got me frothing. Yeah, my feet are fucked. And the porch hang in general, but that's it. So I was going to say, what, what's what got me frothing is just this coastline in general. So this is as far from my house, really, as I could go, right? So I had to fly... Melbourne to Perth and then we drove for 12 hours yep. we drove for 12 hours we got to Carnarvon at 3am realised we couldn't buy enough firewood from the servo so we slept in the car for 3 hours until Woolies uh, till, no we, what did we need eggs we needed we eggs need eggs important we needed a little bit of water well we could have bought water but at a cost of too much plastic which that's right because we, we are environmentalists we could have bought all these little like 600 mil waters but we wanted so we got water we got eggs because yeah we fucked that's yeah. a fuck up but anyway, we, anyway it's, we, a, we it's a long way from home and it's a coast that most people in Australia don't know exists to, and, I, I want to put it in context so if you're on the east coast 12 hours is going to put you at in Queensland up the entire east yeah. coast and here we drove there's pretty much one town you go through being Geraldton which is yep. five hours north of Perth and then the next town is Carnarvon so there's two towns in a thousand k's or 900 and something k's that's a that's the kind of coast in Western Australia it's completely different to the east coast and people don't yeah. experience it and for me I've only seen this coast in surf movies growing up and then I think we left Carnarvon we hit the coast and it's just like desert uh, brutal rocks drop off and then just ocean for as far as you can see and there's nothing until you hit South oh, Africa or Madagascar yeah. whatever Yeah, and it's an amazing bit of coastline so that blew my mind to start with it's like wow how cool is it to see this bit of coastline that I've only really read about how, but if only all the flat earthers could come here and look at the, and see the curvature, curvature of I can the fucking see it out the window now <laughs> if only um, uh, but then to go up to Nalu and see that bit of coast like I've been t- seen some of the waves in Indonesia like your uh, what Uluwatu um, that sort of stretch of reef Nalu is is essentially Australia's Indonesian coastline without any um, 
warungs, no plastic pollution, <laughs> <laughs> no cheap beers, no cheap massage. Massage, make a banana cry. <laughs> yeah. So that's for me. Like I love, yeah, it, to 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 have read about a place and seen photos of a place and heard about a place, and to come and experience it firsthand. It's the fucking tits. Absolutely, and it's got me frothing. That like um, VHS world that we grew up in is different, isn't it? Because you've only got a few surf breaks and interactions with it, and they were from swells from certain times ago. But you just hang on to it, and like, yeah, it's it's very memorable sort of stuff compared to um, compared to today, where like you almost feel like you've been to a place through the social media flogging that you get. It's like, oh, and you might even feel like you've been to a place and through, say, Imogen Corwell, someone that's well worth looking up who grew up here at Red Bluff, lots of pictures of the site at Red Bluff and Nalu and, you know, hanging out on the beach and that sort of shit. But to actually come here and experience it is something completely different, isn't it? To... You, you just it doesn't matter what it like looks like on the internet when you come to a place like this and to stand in the wind have it in your face yep. and to smell the like you know it's dusty and dirty and it's different to what I expected I think and it's it's probably more awesome than I expected oh 100% more awesome and more memorable as well like yep. you're gonna pull that feeling that you get standing on the point or standing at the rock row and trying to jump in and standing at the blowhole there's a blowhole just out of Carnarvon which is Quabba Quabba Station. So as you get to the King Waves Kill, King Waves sign, kill sign, turn left. Yeah, it's the best blowhole I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> Blew its hole out for us. Hey, where's that bit of paper gone? I think we're approaching the end of the show, was. Yeah. So, I've got a fresh cup of wine here. Fresh cup of wine. We're, we're actually on the two litre variety white wine. Classic camping. Mm. Well, I was upset that was didn't get red, but... That's my mistake. I had red yeah. in the cupboard. What a, yeah, so I'm not a fucking 42-year-old divorcee named Debbie. I need red wine, not white. Yeah, yeah. Debbie, if you're out there, get in contact. Send us in a song if you'd like to see it yes, played. Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. So what are, what are we going to play for music? Uh, well, given that we're off the grid here, I quite like the idea of you just playing something live because I've got no fucking skills and I've got a uke. I've got the ukulele here. Um... Alright. If, if you can play like a... I mean, this is it, you know. Every culture invented music. You've got to give me some feeling. I can help you out with the microphone there, if you want. Do you want me to hold that? Yeah. What am I going to play? We've got double mics here. Oh, fuck me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Alright, so this is a sublime song called Boss DJ. There's a steel train coming through I would take it if I could But I would not lie to you Because Sunday morning soon will come When things will be Easier to say upon the microphone like a boss DJ, but I won't walk up upon the sea like it was dry land. The boss DJ, he ain't nothing but a man, no trouble, no fuss. I 